Hi guys, welcome to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra, and today we are chatting with Justin Allen from The Elite Nurse Practitioner. He has a BSN in nursing as well as a master's degree and is a practicing family nurse practitioner. He has worked in multiple healthcare settings, including emergency care medicine, addiction medicine, and men's health. He is the owner and the author of The Elite Nurse Practitioner, and he is on a mission to create a group of nurse practitioners that are wealthy, powerful, and professionally fulfilled. He is dedicated to helping nurse practitioners break free from the shackles of modern healthcare, something that he and I definitely align with. He has increased his personal income to well over $450,000 a year through multiple side businesses. Guys, I did not stutter, $450,000 a year. He was able to achieve this outcome through the principles that he teaches in the elite nurse practitioner model. He has learned through trial and error, and he wants to help other NPs create a career that they want and that they love. He has created the elite NP courses, which show you how to exactly do that and save money on taxes and how to generate more revenue for your business. And he also hosts a podcast titled the elite NP podcast show, where he does on the fly nursing consultations with nurse business owners that have maybe a question or are kind of wondering what to do next in their career. I've been binging his podcast. It's fabulous. So be sure to check him out. Be sure to subscribe not only to my podcast, but also to his podcast. If you're thinking about starting your own business as a nurse, I think his content really is good stuff. I think it's also from someone that really knows what he's doing. So check him out. Again, listen to his journey today. See if anything he says or the way that he, you know, presents information is something that you might like. And then go and check out his website and see really what he's offering. And if it's something that maybe is aligning with what you're looking for, for your career. One of the things I like the most about this podcast episode is how raw he is with his opinions. It's really refreshing to be around someone who just believes what they believe. It's also backed up with proven business strategies as well. So it's a fabulous episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's dive in. I want to take a second and tell you about Amanda's Weekend Resume Makeover course. Have you finally found your dream job, but you don't know how to land it? You know in your heart that you would get this job if you just had the chance to prove how passionate you are. But how do you make that come across in just a couple pieces of paper? Would your resume and cover letter stand out and get you the job of your dreams? The Weekend Resume Makeover course is a step-by-step tutorial program designed for ambitious young nursing professionals just like you. Learn how to write a memorable, eye-catching, passionate resume and cover letter and transform your resume from bland to show-stopping over just the course of a few days. Click my link in the show notes to get Amanda's weekend resume makeover and land that dream job you've always wanted. Now, let's get on with today's episode. Welcome, Justin, to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. Sandra, how are you? Hey, man. So happy to have you on today. I've explained to my listeners pretty much what you're doing. How do you see your role? How do you define what you do for a living? And yeah, just kind of walk us through what a day in the life of Justin Allen looks like. I do a lot of stuff. I've got like four or five businesses. So 
My main business right now is Elite NP, to be honest with you. It just blew up in the last two or three years. And so I've dedicated most of my time to it, but I still have my, my, my side practices too. So I got my men's health clinic, my medical cannabis clinic. I still do. It just went recreational in my state. So well, about a year ago or so, so it's kind of up and down. So it's interesting to see what's, what's evolving with that, but it still seems to be a profitable practice. And then I got some property management stuff, some rental real estate. Nice. Very diversified. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally loving what you're doing. And so you're totally aligned with what I began to realize about nursing and what, what really is the best thing that we should be doing from the moment we hit the ground as nurse practitioners, which is diversifying, identifying side hustles, things that we might be enjoying as a hobby that could eventually turn into something that can oh, yeah. set us free, right? And so as my listeners know, that wasn't something that I developed. I really got heavy into the education portion. It really wasn't almost like kind of like a horse eating grass, not really looking around. And so I love the content you're putting out because you encourage nurses to pick your head up and look around and make sure that you are putting yourself in the best position to really generate passive income for your life so you can live your life. Like we don't have to be broke. Like you do not have to be broke as a nurse practitioner or burned out working 60 hours a week. Let me show you how to do it. Yeah. No, it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just pisses Love me it. off. I yeah. see these nurse practitioners taking these jobs for 45, 50 bucks an hour. I'm like, what are you doing? You're yeah. way more than that. Let's say you work at an urgent care, or family practice, or something. You're billing 500000 to a million dollars a year, and they're being generous by giving you 45, 50 bucks an hour. I mean, come on. You're worth more. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. the problem is, is that our market's getting saturated. I talk about this all the time. And so the problem is that our schools just keep pumping them out. And I want the best for people. I truly do. But there gets to a point where all the established NPs are getting screwed. So I think it comes down to the RN level, pumping out RNs. And then the RNs get sick of bedside. They go to MP school and they're pumping out NPs. A lot of those RNs don't even ever work bedside they go straight to mp programs i mean and so they're just pumping them out so it just saturating the market it's watering down everything and these people are desperate so healthcare administrators docs i mean they all they all know this they can see that weakness they can smell it and it's cheap labor mm-hmm. so it's yeah. a vicious cycle i mean i mean salaries are going down inflation's going up prices of everything else is going up but salaries have gone down in the last 20 years it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever it's one of the only professions you can actually like see that. But I mean, that's not happening with accountants, lawyers, doctors, so police officers, firefighters, like yeah. RNs, like what's going on? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I love that you're shining light on this because again, we, I think because this is a woman dominated field, I think because we tend to kind of have that same mentality for being RNs, taking orders from doctors, it just feels like the next right step to move into nurse practitioner roles that were underpaid and undervalued and continue to be kind of like subject to our master, right? And I love that you are encouraging nurses to go, you can be your own like master. You don't need someone to tell you what to do, how to practice, how to make money. You can set your own limits. And I think that's something, again, that we need someone advocating from a really strong perspective with experience that knows exactly how to work out the steps. So speaking of steps, take, you didn't just wake up one day. Okay. Justin and have all this stuff. You were just like, Oh, somebody just handed you real estate investments and handed you all multiple businesses. Like 
you went through a journey to get to this spot. Could you walk me through that moment that you decided you had a B, I think you have a BS in biology, and then you decided to move forward and get the BSN in nursing. What made you decide to go be a nurse? And then walk me through how you kind of had this aha moment of wake up nurses. We have value. We can bring, we can bring it. Sure. Me through it. Uh, well, first and foremost, I want everyone to know that I didn't, I didn't have anything help and, you know, like handed to me. I had no silver spoon. I grew up in a trailer. I mean, I came from nothing. Okay. So everything I have, I've built myself. So no one's really taught me a lot of this stuff. It was just a lot of reading, educating myself, listening to podcasts, reading books, finding some mentors and stuff along the way. I mean, but, uh, but anyway, though, so yeah, I got my, first I got my bachelor's in biology and chemistry and uh, also I got a minor in business too. Wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. I just like science, like business. Dental school, medical school, pharmacy school, PA. Like, I really had no clue. You know what I mean, you're 20, 21 years old. You're still a kid. I mean, how do you make life decisions at 21 years old? Yeah. So graduated, took like a year off, bartending, waiting, jobs like that. And I realized I'm just wasting my potential here. I had a buddy of mine. He was like, dude, I'm going to go do a BSN, basically. Accelerated BSN program. He's like, you already have a bachelor's degree. You've come in like a year and a half. I'm like, okay, wow, that's pretty, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. So I looked into it I mean, I've always kind of wanted to help people and get medicine. I just didn't want to go the medical school route. I didn't want to go the dental school route. Like I just didn't want to take on $200,000 in debt. Yes. I didn't want to do it. But I mean, whatever, I applied to the accelerated BSN and got in and I mean, did it and okay, cool. I was like, I don't want to be an RN forever. So I want to be a nurse practitioner you have to shadowing some of them and whatnot. So yeah. So I worked as an RN, did ER, home health, chest pain center stuff, kind of just floated around a little bit. And uh, yeah, I went to NP school part-time while working full-time as an RN, <laughs> pay for school, pay for myself. I mean, I didn't have anything. I started to make a living. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did, did the, the uh, part-time MSN, took me three years and then got out working at urgent care, just happened chance. I just applied to it and got the job in a saturated market. So I took the job and I... I think when I finally realized I was getting screwed, I mean, come on, <laughs> making $120,000 a year as a 27, 28 year old kid, right? I'm like, That's good money. Right. It's good money. 28, 29, something like that. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good money. So I'm like, this is, this is fantastic. I'm killing it. And so I had a bonus structure and it was RVU based. And so for every patient I saw, everything I build, I would earn an RVU each RVU, I was being paid a certain amount of money, right? Yeah. And so you reach the RVU up to your base salary. Anything else is a bonus afterwards. There's, a, there's an article on the Elite MP website I wrote about that. And anyways, though, so they capped my salary at $140,000. And so I would hit the bonus after the second quarter. So January you have half the year. Do what? So, so you still have half the year to work. Right. I'm working for free. <laughs> I'm like, no. Sorry. No. <laughs> So like, I mean, I had to do it. I mean, what else, what other choice did I have? But I mean, yeah. So I'm sitting here working for free and I see that the, the director of outpatient clinics at this uh -huh. moderate size health system got a Christmas bonus of $250,000 or whatever. I'm like, what, what does this guy do? What's this fat ass dude? There's nothing there. What's this guy doing? Tell me what this man does because. And I see all the people. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Right. I'm like, I'm getting walked all over. I'm not a fan of that. So I'm like, forget this. So I moved down to Florida, got a job at an ER down there, but maybe I'll work ER for a while as a, as a nurse practitioner. Same thing. I'm looking around. 
I see all the doctors. I see all the PAs. I see all the nurse practitioners. It's a dead end. It's yep. a ceiling and there's no breaking through it. Like, that's it. That's what you're going to do for the rest of your life, the rest of your career. You're not going to do anything else. That's it. You're going to get little bit of raises here and there. Like, yep. I'm like, this would drive me insane. I can't do this for the rest of my life. And so anyways, I, I got a job in an independent state, moved 3,000 miles away, rolled some dice, whatever, took the job, got out there. And within a month of being out there, I'm like, whoa, I am 100% independent out here. This is amazing. I've never practiced in an independent state. Yeah. And I was like, within a month, I was like, I'm opening up my own business. I'm going to open my own practice. I've always wanted to. So I knew a doc. He had a Suboxone practice. He told me how great it was and whatnot. So I was like, I'll open up a Suboxone practice. Yeah. I took the course online. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, that it. One business turned into multiple businesses after I saw the power of how much money you can make and how, how free you can be doing. I made more in one day in half a day seeing my own patients than I did an entire week working for someone else. I'm like, why, why would I do anything different? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So one of the things that you were describing in your journey to where you are right now is you do, you kind of found niches. And that's one of the things that I really wanted you to come on today and talk about is how to find a niche. Like, okay, so you decided to start a Suboxone clinic. Like, did you just go like, well, I have experience. I'll just try it. Like, or like, how have you been able to find niches, what I like to call like holes, and then fill them by you providing the service? Well, I first discovered it. I mean, yeah, sir, Suboxone's a, a niche. I basically just, I knew some doctor friends. They did it. And so I was like, okay, well, I mean, they said it's pretty simple. It's pretty easy, whatever. It's decent money. So I was like, okay. So I just did that. I accepted insurance like a fool. And then <laughs> I learned that game real quick and I realized some things weren't covered and some things were. And so I started exploring things that weren't covered by insurance and to die, discovered all these cash-based niches. Mm. And so the trick is that you provide things that insurance doesn't cover. And so that's where the inherent value is for people. Interesting. So yeah. And so if it's not covered by insurance, it's, it's, it's a niche cash service. So men's health, testosterone placement therapy, for example. Insurance isn't going to pay for that. Insurance isn't going to pay for bioidentical hormone replacement therapy pellets. They're not going to pay for that. It's not a medical necessity, right? Even though it improves the patient's life significantly, they still won't pay for it. I guess it was just kind of one of those things that a lightning thing. Insurance doesn't pay for it. It's in demand. It's a valuable service. It's been done elsewhere. So let me just deliver it here where I'm living because there's it doesn't exist. So let me just deliver the need, deliver the demand. I mean, like you don't yeah. have to reinvent the wheel here. You don't have to discover something that no one's ever done before. You don't need to do that. I think a lot of MPs think they need to discover some magical thing, but they don't. Like, yeah, these things have been established, provide the demand. There, there's going to be a need for this stuff and just deliver it. You know what I mean? So like, I guess it's kind of one of those things that for your particular area, you have to do is just some basic research and see what is available and what isn't available. So, so yeah, I mean, does that answer the question or do you want me yeah, to? Yeah, no, 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 that's great. I, I think that one of the things when I've talked to people and I've spoken to other nurse practitioners, they kind of don't know where to go. They don't know where to start. And so I think what you're describing is, again, you have to do a little bit of work. These things aren't just going to show up to you. But be, again, pay attention to what's going on around you and see, hey, listen, is this something that maybe if we go out and I start something on my own, you also describe not just how to find niches, but you have courses on 
these cash services that you can start on your own. But you also described the process of starting small, which has been something I've been talking about and realizing that once I went part time at my job, I was like, oh, dang, like when the baby's sleeping, like I've got two to three hours start building. I think you've got courses on this and you've also got articles that I've been reading about starting small and letting your practice grow. And then you move into the automation aspect. And so I heard you just describing automating your services so that you can almost kind of walk away from stuff and it kind of works for you, which doctors do all the time. And I don't know why nurse practitioners feel like we're like cheating the system. If we somehow figure out what they've all been doing and getting rich off of, why do we have to stay in the poor house while we have licenses and certifications and education that allows us to do exactly what they do? We're not doing surgery. We're not moving outside of our scope, but these things are within our scope, yet we don't realize that it's all around us. There's an abundance all around us and we live in scarcity. So- right. Yeah. What other courses do you offer through the Elite NP just for the nurse that's like, okay, wait a minute. Justin sounds amazing. I want to learn something. I got to figure this out. What other things do you offer? Oh, I mean, God, we have 25 courses, 24 courses. Something like that. Last time I counted, we're releasing the thyroid course next week. So we have like a various line of courses. Like we have like total practice creation courses. So it teaches you like the clinical niche skill opioid addiction, medical cannabis, men's health, aesthetics, IV infusion, whatever it is, it teaches you the clinical components so then it breaks it down into the business components afterwards. So you learn, it's like, it's a clinic in a package almost essentially. Then there's like other little courses, like accessory courses, like practice management courses, how to bill, how to market, telemedicine considerations, things like that. And then some wealth building courses, like the financial independence and investment course and the how to lower your taxes courses. So like you get to a point like exactly like you said, you start small while you continue to work. You want, that's the principle of financial redundancy. You want to be as redundant. You want to be as diversified as possible. If you quit your job and go all in on your business, that's foolish. Fools do that unless you're completely just 100% confident that it's going to work and you have some, and you have some savings, you know what I mean, yeah. to, to float you through. Yeah. And so anyways, though, yeah, that's how you start it. And then once the, like you say, once the practice begins generating significant profits, you can quit your job and focus on that predominantly. And so once you get to a point where you're making enough money, these other accessory courses, like how to lower your taxes and how to invest appropriately, invest appropriately, correct. It just, it's a stepwise thing that, especially the taxes component of it. Like what people don't realize is, mm -hmm. is that you can't lower your taxes in any meaningful way as a W2 employee. It's impossible. You just can't. You have a certain set of deductions and you tick them off, maybe you have a couple of kids and like, that's it. There's really no other way to lower your taxes significantly. The working class, the middle class, the upper middle class gets screwed. They just do. You can't lower your taxes. You're getting hit by 25, 30, 40% tax brackets. When you have a business though, you can lower your taxes significantly. I think it might, I pay like 15% or something like that when it's all wow. standing up because my business is right. So I'm so, so I teach nurse practitioners how to do everything. I mean, I just want to get people Get out of the yeah. system. Yeah. You need a tool. Get out of the rat race. Yeah. No, 100%. And this stuff isn't taught in school. This stuff isn't even encouraged in school. I'm just going to say it. We were like, oh, it's not taught in school. Oh, I mean, they're teaching you to be a nurse practitioner. Fine. But like, at least plant some seeds, right? Like, they're very clear on planting seeds on come back to us. We need you for the nursing degree. Come back to us for the doctorate. 
And so you end up going back and spending so much money. And then you look and you're like, wait a minute. Oh my gosh, I, I don't want to go to work every single day. And I've got nothing that I have been able to build. And I love that you are getting people out of that mindset. You are breaking the shackles and you are getting people free. And so I just think that's incredible, incredible. And listening to your podcast, so many nurses come on and they sound, they sound, sometimes they come on a little scared and then they sound more empowered as they talk to you. Some of them come on and you're like, the one with making like $250,000 a year. I was like, what? Like, like, that's crazy. Like, I don't even understand that. You were having to push her outside of the scarcity mindset on your podcast. And I was like, this is, this is, this is where it's at. Like you are straight up, totally empowering nurses to, yeah, create the life that they want, which is yeah. awesome. We really have started a small movement. I mean, we really, right? I get emails all the time from people like, thank you so much. You've changed my life, my family's life. The Elite MP Facebook group, everyone in there helping each other. Like, I mean, we're, it, it's truly changing a lot of nurse practitioners' lives. The thing is, though, you want to change. I mean, like, you have to have that desire to change. A lot of people are content making the 55, 60 bucks an hour, which is fine. Yeah. But a lot of us are. What yeah. I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. And because you're not free, like, you just realize yeah. that, like, I, I'm at the mercy of whatever this institution dictates I have to do. Once you get that mindset shift and you're just like, enough like you can't go back like there's no nope. going back because you're just Hell like no. this is garbage there is so much better out there for me and I really wanted more nurses to see it and to hear it and to just go wait a minute this 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 job doesn't work for me anymore I want to pivot and to be able to have the tools to do it and be successful throughout your career journey there's been ups there's been downs there's been times that you've probably been like that's it, Justin. We're not going to make it. This isn't happening. This, this is it. I'm throwing in the towel. Or maybe there's been real highs, but could you describe maybe a time that you had to really overcome something that you thought that was going to, that was going to maybe do you in that you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it after this. Uh, the first year is difficult. It's difficult. It's the hardest part. I mean, it just is for any business owner, really, but especially for the nurse practitioner, especially when you're doing something that you're not comfortable doing. I mean, like, Suboxone or men's health or whatever. Like you have the skills to do it, but you're doing something kind of new or the whole business components of it. Like it's kind of scary. I couldn't tell you how many countless sleepless nights I've had. I mean, laying there in bed by myself, staring at the ceiling and just wondering like, what am I doing? I'm going to get sued. I'm going to get beat. I'm going I'm I'm to lose my license. I'm going to go bankrupt. I mean, just all of these negative emotions completely trick yeah. your mind into it. Wake up the next day. And you're just like, I think I'm just going to close her down. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like I'm not, I, haven't, I haven't made any money in the last three or four months working my ass off. Like I can just pick up some extra shifts in the ER, make 90 bucks an hour, walk away with the cash and not worry. But if I were to listen to my mind and those caveman instincts, I mean, fear is a, it's an ancient emotion. There's nothing to fear any, really. I mean, I mean, you're not, not going to walk out the door and some saber-toothed tiger is going to take you down. That doesn't happen anymore, right? Yeah. So a lot of this fear is just, it's nonsense. It's your mind playing tricks on you. So you have to overcome that. So if I would have succumbed to it, there's no way I'd be here talking to you right now. There's no way I would have started the elite nurse practitioner. There's no way I'd open my men's health clinic. There's no way. I had to overcome those fears. And so the first year I was going through a divorce, 
I was in a state where I barely knew anybody. I started a business and I started another business after that. I was working PRN shifts in the ER at methadone clinic just so I could pay the bills. Mm. I had absolutely no life for multiple months because I was working so hard. Yeah. And there was, I mean, there was countless times I wanted to just like throw the towel in. But I mean, it's difficult. But once you break past that, though, it's totally worth it. Yeah. I, I don't regret a single moment. Not not one. I might have aged a couple of years, but whatever. Worth <laughs> in those moments, in those times, because we all have been in them. I mean, even just recently with my podcast, I've been just like, I need a break. This is just, this is killing yep. me to a certain extent. How do you get back on the horse the next day and just say, all right, I'm doing it again. I got to keep going. How do you, you read the book like Three Feet from Gold, right? You've heard the story about the guy that was digging in his yard. He was looking for gold or he had gold, steady gold. And then all of a sudden like he gave up on looking for it and he sold the land. And the next guy came and he hired a geologist and the guy was like, yeah, the, line, the, the, the gold line just moved over here. Like it, it just, you need to just dig. He was digging in the wrong spot. Like he gave up. And right. so how do you, how do you stay motivated? How do you keep going when things might be a little difficult? A couple ways you read stories of other people who've done it, right? Yeah. You listen to their stories about it. I mean, there were, there's no, there's no single successful entrepreneur out there who's been on easy street. There's just, it doesn't exist. Like you, you have to sacrifice to succeed. Nothing easy in this life comes free when you have, when you have to sacrifice. And so you read other people's stories. You get a mentor to something you can bounce ideas off, get motivated from and that sort of thing. And honestly, you just have to kind of just shut your mind off, get up out of bed and just do it. What I mean, like I continue to work out the entire time I was doing it. I still ran my dogs. I still went to the gym. I still did all this stuff. You think I wanted to do that? I, I really did not want to like, yeah, I just did like, you just have to push yourself through that. You have to just know that there's light at the end of the tunnel there's gold at the end of the rainbow kind of a thing you know what i mean like, like other people have done this and the biggest thing is really consistency if you continue to do it eventually i mean you're going to succeed at some point you are you have lots of failures along the way but eventually it, it, it's going to come together and i think too many people especially nowadays they just give up. They want things handed to them. They're yeah. idle. They want easy street. It's just, it doesn't work that way. If this was easy, everyone would be doing it. Exactly. That's really yeah. good. I don't so, think some of it, I think you're born a little bit with it too. Do you think, think so? Do you think it's from your DNA? Hey yeah. guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I want to take a second to remind you guys to join the Dr. Nurse podcast email list. Weekly, I send out emails about podcast episodes blogs I'm creating with information about nursing, motherhood, finance, health and wellness, how to build side hustles. It's all there. I want to provide nurses with information that I'm gleaning as I grow my business and my podcast. And now I have to tell you guys about today's sponsor. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is sponsored by the Network Nurse. You guys know that I love Savannah Arroyo and her whole team at the Network Nurse. I've actually had her on my podcast, so check out her episode if you're wanting to know more about her and what she does. Her net worth nurse team is on a mission to empower nurses to take control of their net worth. The net worth nurse is an educational site where nurses come together to learn about wealth building strategies. Their website has blogs, instructional downloads, video courses on real estate and investing, 
personalized coaching, and an interactive and growing community of like-minded individuals. The Net Worth Nurse has everything you need to grow wealth. Be sure to check them out in the links in my show notes, and let's get back to the conversation. Yeah. So, I think sometimes there, it's almost like uh, the phoenix rising out of like the crucible. It like like wake awakens something. So, so for me, it was awakened when I saw my son, and I had to give him away. I was just like the mama bear was like, "Rise up! Are you always going to be here? Like this can't be. Like you didn't get a you don't have a frigging doctoral degree, and yet you got to do what the the institution's saying. Like, did you really do this? And so. It's interesting that I brought that up because I really want to hear your take on the DNP and kind of what you think about it, because you've kind of got a different a different mindset that I'm really interested to hear, because I think a sign of a well-balanced person is for someone to hear another's opinion and to not be offended. Right. Like to just be like, all right, that's a thought. I didn't think that because that's what institutions are supposed to teach us when we learning things is to learn how to learn, to learn how to see different viewpoints and argue them. So I want to hear how you feel about the DMP and a nurse practitioner that may be thinking about getting the DMP. Can I get a drink first? <laughs> I'm just you got to be sober for this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to a little whiskey real quick. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think it's this is going to go against a lot of people's thoughts, but this is my opinion on it, seeing it from a different perspective. I think it's a waste of money and I think it's a waste of time. <laughs> I think it's worthwhile if you want to teach Outside of that, I don't think that there's much use for it. I mean, if you want to be like a high-level administrator in a hospital or something like that, sure. I mean, yeah. You want to teach? Sure. Outside of that, I think for the clinical nurse practitioner who wants to stay in the clinical side of it or one who wants to start their business or something, I think it's a waste of time and waste of money. So I break it down in that article that I wrote. It was the most yeah. successful. It's seriously like put, it, 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 it yeah. puts the lead up from here to here. Like, oh, yeah. it's crazy. I woke up one day, I was like, 100 comments. Where, what? Whoa. Yes. That's why and I it's like, threw me to it. Yeah. Yeah. People either totally agreed or they did not. There was very little in between. I mean, <laughs> but it's so, good when you put out polarizing stuff because it gets people's juices like fired up and they're like, what's this guy talking about? Like, if you're mediocre trying to keep everybody happy, you ain't keeping no. anybody happy. Like, you just don't. Like, come no. on, piss some people off. <laughs> so, yes, like, it's either, okay, you can spin. Two years, one to two years or whatever it is. So I know some DMP programs like three years or whatever. I started a three-year. Yeah. Yeah. It's garbage. twenty to $40,000. Yes. So you're spending twenty to $40,000. You are delaying your life by anywhere between one to three years. Let's just say yep. two-year average. It's two years. Yep. You only get yep. 80 years on this planet, guys. That's it. Yeah. Maybe 100 if you're lucky. You know what I mean, you only, yep. you only get so much. And so you just gave up two years of your life, twenty to $40,000 on something that, in my opinion, I read the curriculum. I talk to other DMPs. Yes, I see did. no utility. Yeah. I see no benefit to it. That's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. And the order you can spend that time instead working on yourself and doing something. So, like, I could have went back and got my DMP and I would still be making the exact same amount of money that I was making before working at the urgent care and the ER and stuff. Sure, I might have got a $5 an hour raise or something like that. Some people get some raise. They don't even oh, do that. I yeah, they don't. don't. get any raises. No, they don't. And not only that, I have two other things to add to that. That's also why I believe these nurse practitioners deserve to be called doctor. That's for one, because it is extra time. It is extra input. And I think we should be calling them doctor, like doctorally prepared nurse practitioners, right? Sure. And so it bothers me that like we have to fight 
with the docs over if we're doctors in our in our clinical field or not. That bothers me. And then the other part that I said, because I've always wanted to be a doctor. So since I was a little girl, I always said I wanted to be a doctor. And one of the other things that I thought about when I read your article, I thought like, okay, wait a minute. But it gave me the opportunity to achieve that doctoral status without being $250,000 to $300,000 in debt. And mm -hmm. that is one of the reasons why I also liked that option. And I think it's something completely reasonable for somebody wanting that status, wanting that spot, and still wanting to practice as the nurse practitioner. And I also completely agree with what you're saying. If this is what you want with your career and your life, then this does nothing for you. Do not spend the time and the energy pursuing it. Because unless you are moving into an academic or higher, moving up the chain of command, in an institution, which is exactly what you're like, this is a joke. Don't try to, there's a cap, right? In these in yeah. spots, don't do it. Then I, I don't see the use in it. And that's somebody that has one. I have one. I spent the time, like I poured the time into it and I could totally see what you're saying. And I can look at it from a balanced view and say, hey, it does provide some, some different thought processes as my, sure. teacher, my teacher told me, no education is wasted after they cut like half the curriculum when I was in the middle of it. And I couldn't believe it. I said, how are you cutting? I should be done now. Like, why are you now? She's like, no, you need to finish the other half. I was like, oh, you're kidding me. Yes. So I just, again, I feel like you bring a really good perspective. And I think people should look at that. Like, I'm not going to sit here and sit on my DNP and go like, no, no, no. It's totally a good use of time. It's like, no, like maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Can we look at it both sides and see? Personally, I don't think it'd be worth it to go. If you're chasing after that doctoral status, I don't think it's worth it to go be a physician unless you're going to be a surgeon. I just don't sure. like why be, a, why be a primary care doctor? Why do endocrinology? Why do these other little things unless you're going to be doing stuff in the operating room, cutting stuff out? I don't think it's worth it. I would go be a nurse practitioner. And if you want the doctoral status, get the DNP straight through from BSN to DMP and you've got the doctoral status and you can go do all the stuff because the guidelines just go do it. Right. Like, so I think that's just another perspective. Yeah. I loved your thoughts on your website. I just think it's just, it's just really great. And again, it was polarizing and I loved it. So the last part, go ahead. What are you going to say? I was going to say, I, I respect DMPs. I do. Right. Yeah. I respect them. I respect you for getting your DMP. I respect people who want to go through the further education. Sure. But that's your goal. Be doctoral prepared, learn maybe a different perspective on things from how they teach you some certain things, work in administration or teach or whatever, go for it. Good for you. <laughs> if your goal is independence, freedom, financial independence, those <laughs> sorts of things, and you want to start a business, do not go to the DMP. It's not going to benefit you very much. I would agree. Reading a couple business books. I free. agree. I agree. Don't get your MBA. You don't I need that. No, you don't need that. Right. Okay. So anyway. No, yeah. I agree. And it's so funny because I actually had that thought when, before I got pregnant, like literally three months, I had signed up to go get my MBA. And then I found out I was pregnant and I was like, there's no way I can work and have a kid and get an MBA. And then when the whole thing set up, I realized, I was like, why don't I just put the money and the time that I would have put into an MBA into me starting something on my own? And yeah. I just think it's so much of a better use of like, your time, like, and your money. And I agree with you hundred percent. You're on it. I, you and I just like this. So last question, what advice sure. would you give a new nurse starting off on her career that she's like, 
I don't even know where to start, Justin. Like, I just graduated. What is one piece of advice you wish you would have been able to go back and tell Justin right when you started becoming an RN right now? So RN or NP? Either one. I mean, you can choose either one. I mean, this is kind of- Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm going to go with NP because RN is kind of one of those things that's like, you're kind of, it's a job. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of yeah. locked into it. Like, yeah. So- uh, That's what you would do tell Justin. Stuff, it's a job. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a job. I mean, do something you're interested in. I mean, something like yeah. But as far as it NP goes, I would say get into a clinic or a position where you can learn a tremendous amount of knowledge the first one to two years. And I think some of the best settings for that, in my opinion, is the emergency department. You get in the ER as a nurse practitioner and you can pay your dues and be in there for two years. You will have seen practically everything you could possibly see, you will learn a tremendous amount of knowledge. You will be around lots of very, very, very smart people. And I think if you do that for one to two years, you will come out of that being so confident and so prepared and so competent, you can pretty much do anything else that you want. So that's good. Yeah. I think that's a very, very important thing. And also don't be scared of starting your own little business. Like I seriously wish I would have started something within six months of being a nurse practitioner. Yeah. I could have easily started a little niche practice. These things aren't hard. IV infusion, hormone replacement therapy, weight loss, like this stuff is not difficult to learn. It's low liability, has a low barrier to entry. Like I wish I would have started something sooner. And I also wish that I wouldn't have let roadblocks prevent me from moving forward. So that's another piece of advice. Do not let little speed bumps and roadblocks prevent you from pursuing your dream. My roadblock was getting a collaborating doc because I was in a restricted state. I thought without this collaborating doc, I cannot start my own practice. I will never be able to start my own business. I have to have one of these and I can't get one. It was a mental roadblock. Yeah. Instead, I had to move across the country. Yeah. I could have stayed there, honestly, if I would have just got a collaborator. I mean, the only other thing I, meant, I wanted to ask you, and I, mean, I meant to ask you earlier, do you said something about a mentor? Who's mentored you? throughout this whole process? A couple mentors. No one, so one was a doc. He owned, God, he owned like six practices, something like that. He had a shoot to ropes. I go fly fishing with him. We, we float down the river and fly fish. I'm like, dude, I was like, every time I text or call you, you're always down. I was like, do you actually work? Do you actually do anything? Because you, you, it seems like you're always down. Like you're always down to yeah. fish off. You're always down to fish. Like, yeah, I mean, like, this is just ruin themselves. He's like, I work maybe 10 hours a week. I'm like, I, I want to be where you're at, basically. But I mean, Dang. and so he mentored me. And then at a surprisingly mentor moment, I just met, I needed some landscaping work done at my house. And the guy comes, give me a quote. And like, he's kind of dressed up. Like you could tell he's kind of intelligent and stuff. He didn't look like just a landscaper who's dirty and sweaty and whatever. Yeah. And so I start talking to him. He's like, yeah, I own this business and whatnot. And I just start chatting with him. He's like, yeah, we're at $2 million in revenue a year. I'm like, for a landscaping business? What? How did you do that? And then the rest is history. I kind of just started texting each other. He, he helped me out. He like, he, he gave me $5,000 out of nowhere. When I opened up my men's health clinic, he was like, here you go, just to help you out. Didn't ask for a dime back. Absolutely nothing. I mean, that $5,000, I didn't need it, but like it, it, it was great. But I mean, like it was such a nice, just, it was such a nice gesture. Didn't even ask for a dime. Like he's like, oh. just take it. Wow. I mean, like, and so I kind of want to, well, I want to push, push back. 
yeah. to the full. Whenever you meet these kind of people, it really is true. They they have this abundance mindset of like, just give, like, because yep. it's all going to come back to you. And here you are, like, shouting them out on a, on a, on a podcast about this guy that owned a light, landscaping company that yeah. totally helped cool. you out. And you'll never, you'll never forget it. $5,000. I'll never forget him. And you'll never nope. forget it. That's nope. so sweet. Not at all. Yeah. So for the last part of our interview, it's a rapid fire. Questions, questions, questions. Oh. But what we typically do is I typically ask you questions about your, your personal life. But I have some listeners that had a couple questions for you that aren't okay. going to be rapid fire, but I'm just going to shoot them at you and you just kind of fly by the city sure. answer them like on your podcast. So any advice for somebody wanting to start a coaching business? Yeah. Are they a nurse practitioner? Nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner. Yep. The biggest thing is that you want to make sure that you, there's a, there's a very, very fine line to walk as a nurse practitioner doing online health coaching, for example. I don't know what kind of coaching she wants to do. I think she's coaching um, other NPs like on their life, like NP. Okay. So, yeah. okay. Then, yeah, then I think that that's fine. Health coaching and you walk a fine line. You cannot practice unless you have a license in that state. I mean, there's a very fine line to walk with a health coach, but in terms of coaching other nurse practitioners. I think the big thing is that she needs to find a specific problem that they're having and then she needs to be kind of the expert at solving that problem. It's the whole, what's my, who's my target market and what niche service am I going to deliver to that target market to fulfill a certain need in their life to fix a certain problem, right? So I think that if she wants to coach other nurse practitioners about a certain problem, then she really needs to figure out what is that problem yeah. and how am I going to fix it? because. The more specific you can get, the better you're going to be. Yeah. You have to be very, very specific in the online world. Do you think that she needs certification in order to, to coach or can you just be an NP and coaching and just you coach? Know? Okay, cool. Like it. Love regulation. It. Love the it. Regulation behind coaches and certificates and stuff. This stuff is made up by companies to sell you a course yeah. to be certified. They just make it up. But th there's no <laughs> regulatory board for this stuff, guys. No, there's really not. Make no. up. You're so yeah. right. I didn't even think about that. Step so, by eye. Yeah. I love it. My next one is someone was asking about starting an LLC. It's kind of state specific, right? Like, yeah, it's extremely state specific. So there's three options you can do. You can either form it yourself through the Secretary of State's website. That's what I do in my state. That's what I do. I literally go to the Secretary of State's website, create an account, and you can form an LLC for 50 bucks. It literally is 24 hours. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a piece of cake. It's easy. You know what? Or you pay a lawyer to do it for you. You're wasting your money. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to give you an operating agreement, some generic form like they already yeah. had. Like it's it's unnecessary. Don't don't waste your money on a lawyer for that. Or you can use an LLC creation service. So LLC oh, creation yeah. service, yeah, are typically owned by a law firm and they streamline the process. So you just go to their website, you type in your name, whatever. They give you a generic operating agreement. Is just what you need. You throw it in the folder. You never look at it again. Yeah, you know, you know what operating agreements are. They're, and so, you know, you just, yeah. And then, so you have your operating agreement, you have your LLC, and they do it for you. It costs like 300 bucks. So I think that's what I did now that I'm thinking about it because I did like incorporate fast, I think. And yeah. I, I went to their website. I paid 300 bucks and I let them do it. And like two days later, they were like, here's your business. Right. Like it was so that's, easy. That's honestly the easiest. Yeah. That's the easiest way to do it. Now, I'm going to throw this out there real quick. If you are operating an online business or a telemedicine practice, form your LLC in Wyoming or Nevada because there's never been a corporate veil pierced in Wyoming or, or, or Nevada. And so the corporate protections are very, very, very strong there. And you are 
private as well. So you cannot look up the owner of a Wyoming LLC. You just can't. It would require a subpoena from a, basically a judge, which isn't going to happen. So you're completely private. So if someone looks up the Wyoming LLC, it's just blank. There's nothing there. So if you're going to do a telemedicine or an online business, form it in Wyoming. WyomingLLCAttorney.com is who I use. They're great. Costs a couple hundred bucks. And you have an LLC literally within 24 hours. Most of my businesses anymore through a Wyoming LLC. So wow, that is good to know. Yeah. yeah, that is good to know. And then our last one is information on an S corp for a 1099 worker, which I didn't quite understand because maybe I just don't know that you probably understand what this means. But yeah. that's what she wrote, and I didn't know what it meant. But I thought okay, that was the question. Yeah, if you're employed in a 1099 position, they are going to pay you tax free. Basically, like here's your money. You're responsible for paying the taxes. Basically, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Employment taxes, Social Security federal income tax. That's all your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. They can either pay you as an individual or they can pay an LLC or a corporation. And so from a tax advantage perspective, you're going to want to be paid through an LLC. Reason being is then you can start running expenses and whatnot through the business, right? So it lowers your taxable income. And so if you elect that LLC as S corp, so there's a form that you file with the IRS. I don't, don't put me on the name of that form. I have an article about how to do this. It's called Taxes as a Nurse Practitioner Entrepreneur, I think, on the Elite MP website. But there's a form that you file with the IRS, and you can elect to be taxed as an S-Corp through your LLC. So you're operating under an LLC, but you can be taxed as an S-Corp. The advantage of being taxed as an S-Corp is that you do not pay self—you basically don't pay employment taxes— so you don't pay Medicare taxes and Social Security taxes. So it saves you 15% taxes. The, the caveat here, though, is, is that you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary that is taxed with the employment taxes, the 15% tax that you have to pay. Yeah. Then everything's left over you take as an owner's draw and you only pay federal income tax and you save the 15% taxes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. So it saves you 15% taxes. The problem is, though, is at 1099 being paid as through an LLC, you might have a hard time arguing with the IRS if you were audited on why were you paying yourself a reasonable salary less than the salary that they were paying you as a 1099. It doesn't really, you might have, that might be a losing battle if you were audited, but the chances of you being audited are once 30 years. So if you want to take the chance, I think you'll probably be fine. Got it. So yeah. just to make sure I'm, I'm understanding completely. So 1099 employee, you would establish an LLC. The company would pay you through your LLC. Then you would establish an S Corp. After that is kind of the next step. So that would help save you from having to pay other taxes like Medicare. And what did you say? Medicare and Social Security. Medicare and Social tax. Security. So okay. when you look at your paycheck, you see the Medicare tax, yeah. Social Security tax that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. You would avoid paying that. So okay, but that kind of got, you've got the other part that you said you pay, you have to make sure you're giving yourself a salary. So if you're you not making, yourself, yeah, a reasonable salary, so an average salary for your profession. So for example, for a 1099, let's say that they were paying you, if I do 1099 work, I, I demand at least a hundred dollars an hour. Okay. So they pay me a hundred bucks an hour and they pay my LLC, right? Well, then you could pay yourself a reasonable salary for the average nurse practitioner salary in this country, which fortunately for you is going to be very low. So you can pay yourself 50 bucks an hour. The other $50 an hour, you just builds up in your account and you take that out as an owner's draw and pay income tax, skip the 15% tax. So at the end of the year, it could save you 
I mean, multiple thousands of dollars. I mean, I do this. I mean, most business owners do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you, don't, if you don't have an S Corp, you better elect as an S Corp. Seriously. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what I plan on doing immediately when you get off this call. Do it immediately. <laughs> do it immediately. Yes, absolutely. Like, that's what I do with my men's health, medical care, this lead MP. I file as an S Corp. I pay myself a reasonable salary. Everything else I take out as a draw and save myself 15%. Nice. That's a lot of money. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah. That's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's incredible. Well, so. Justin, I've had so much fun on the podcast today with you. You've been a wealth of knowledge. So many nuggets dropped along the way. Guys, I'm going to put all his information in the show notes, so I'm not going to waste any more of his time explaining where he is, but I'll put everything on the show notes. If you have a shameless plug you'd like to give, Justin, you're more than welcome to, but I'm going to put everything in the show notes so people can find you. Perfect. Yeah. And hey, if you want to come on my show, let me know. Maybe I can help you out about I would love it. I would love it. Let me know. Okay. Sounds good. Guys, And thanks for coming on, Justin. I thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And guys, don't forget to enjoy the journey. So that's a wrap. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review. If you like the show, I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse podcast is on the World Wide Web, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and TikTok. Subscribe to my newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other information to help you on your own nursing journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse podcast at gmail.com with any career professions that you are interested in hearing about. And just a friendly reminder, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services.